Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. The practice of being aware of awareness. So I was contemplating a prayer by Dr. David Hawkins earlier. Perhaps I'll share that. Almighty and ever living God, we ask to be thy servant, O Lord and to be a vehicle of divine love. We ask to be thy servant, O Lord, and to be a vehicle of divine love a channel of thy will. We ask for direction and divine assistance. And we surrender all personal will through devotion to thy truth. We dedicate our life to thy service. Help us to choose love and peace above all other options. and to surrender all of our judgments to thee, that we might have unconditional love and compassion for all of life in all of its expressions and surrender our very life to thee at all times, in all places. Gloria in excelsis Deo, now and forever. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.
So for me, that presents a really rich opportunity to check in. Because when I wake up in the morning, I realize mind is already kind of on it, figuring out what I want and what I don't want. I don't want to feel achy. I don't want to be sleepy. I do want to feel energized. I want to feel in a good mood. Like it's already scanning and deciding what is lacking, what needs to be rejected. And it's, it's already on, it's already going. So it's literally never too early to get a sense of that, that energetic movement. And shift from that energy of the head down to the heart. That's what mind wants to use today for, this morning for, that moment for. And I, I just see the teaching of the code. It's so clear. We do not have a choice about the thought that comes in. That's already done. That's already in motion. And at the same time, we have the opportunity to choose a perception. Am I going to agree that mind is talking about the truth of me, the actual me? Am I gonna give my consent to that notion? That I am this limited, separate being that must now turn to mind to help me navigate the vicissitudes of life. Have I been abandoned? Am I all alone? Or in that very moment, do I want to turn to what I know to be present? even if I don't yet feel it? Do I wanna practice my faith, lean into trust and put attention on willingness, on the light within, on the knowingness? On the longing to come home? And do I have the will to hold attention there? On this innate knowingness, this inner aliveness. This natural light within.
Am I in touch with the desire to shift from the head? And all of it's, it is literally nonstop complaints and critiques on the present moment. Am I in touch with the desire to shift away from that? So not fighting with it, not rejecting it, but not pouring out my believing attention, not enlivening it with this instrument of divinity. And instead point this instrument of divine expression Awareness is focused down as attention on the symbol of the heart, on the beingness that's here, on the aliveness, on the awareness. So there's many ways, but often for me, it's just a very simple question. Am I aware? That question gets me in touch with this inner knowingness. I don't go to head. I don't reference a memory of being told I was awareness or the last time I knew it. I go right to the innate instant knowingness of awareness. The heart knows it's present. The heart knows it's present to its own presence. The heart is self-aware, present to itself. And it's an instant knowing. And it's not a new knowing, it's a recognition, it's a recognition, it's coming back into the knowing that what is primary here is awareness. Everything else gets added as an object of awareness. That object necessarily has a beginning and an end. So by definition, that is what's temporary. Do I choose to put attention on the temporary and curse it or praise it? Or do I choose to put attention on what is always here, always available, ever present? And there is only one thing that is ever present. And that's this inner knowingness. This recognition of existence this I am that knows that it is. And the fact is, is we get a lot more juice out of putting attention on the temporary. The system gets juiced up. And the vast majority of humans are addicted to the juice. 
even though they claim they don't want it. Where they put their attention. Evidence is a desire to live that out a little further. To believe it into existence a little more. So the practice of being aware of awareness, first and foremost, is the practice of getting in touch with what we actually want. Getting clear, not of what ego wants, not of what mind says is wanted or not wanted. Mind has an endless list of what is wanted and unwanted. Is that you? Does it speak for you? Or do you have a true desire that is not at all about the juice of the world? So what is it that we truly want now, right now, not some future moment? Because that's a mind game. That's a concept. Are you in touch with wanting the peace of God? Is there still a desire for the exciting, ever-changing circus of the world? I mean, it, it's way more than three rings in that circus, right? So perhaps I'll read a little bit from Inner Ramana from the Circus in the Meadow. The mind is very active. If you watch it, you will see it is much like acrobats in a circus. It is always jumping this way and that, bending and turning, and it has some very amazing moves. But it is a circus. It is not at all representative of reality. 
in fact, it is a complete distraction from reality. You will never notice reality if you remain focused on the circus act of the mind. So we can tell from the very first paragraph that there is two places that we consciousness can put our attention. One's on the mind, always moving, changeful, like acrobats, bending, turning, entertaining, whether the entertainment is excitement or disappointment, there's juice in it. There's juice in watching the high wire act. And the body's often addicted to that juice. The neural pathways have been laid long ago. And the peptides that are generated with every movement of mind long to be fed, fed whatever they were fed in the past. So if there's a propensity for anger, the peptides want to have more anger. For a victim story, more victim story. Or never me, always left behind. That's what the peptides crave. They just crave whatever they've had. They know no better. That's the neurochemistry of the mind. And there's grooves. The grooves are known. The peptides are craving. So we live out this patterning. And attention goes to the shiniest, loudest object with the deepest groove. Until grace puts the desire in our heart to wake up from this patterning, from this habitual, programmed, conditioned way of being with life, in life way of being as life. So the default place attention goes is mind. It's the shiny object, it's always moving. And neurochemically the train's already left the station. 
were habitualized. But it is a circus. And Inner Ramana says it's not at all representative of reality. In fact, it is a complete distraction from reality. You will never notice reality if you remained focused on the circus act of the mind. It's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because with outward focus, we will notice the things that arise to awareness. It's only with that sacred U-turn, with that inward focus that we can notice to what the circus arises, by what the movement of mind is known. And there has to be the desire to turn attention in. There has to be the willingness. Otherwise, it's just an automatic going out. It's nothing we did. It's how life conditioned us. It's how life conditioned all humans. Until there's a true desire of the heart to know something different. So taking the time, having the intention to shift from the head to already in progress, the circus is already off and running to the heart where it's quiet, open, still, present. Consistently available. So there has to be the desire, the intention, the inclination to take attention off of the changeful and put it on the changeless. The catch is the changeless has no juice. None. Rupert Spira says, I've repeated it often, the taste of tea is more exotic than our true nature.
It's not a bright, shiny object. In the sense that it is not gonna grab ego's attention. There's no egoic payoff. There's no juice. And if we're run by the energies of juice, this is not where attention's gonna land. So there's this inner decision to want to run by the energies of peace. by the knowing of stillness. By the resting in a very quiet contentedness. Sometimes we can notice we have a mixed desire. We don't just want one thing yet. And that's okay. It's not a good and a bad. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going to the circus, loving the circus, living at the circus, it's, it's another experience. It's just not gonna be the experience of peace and stillness and an ongoing imperturbable peace of mind. That's not available there. So it really does come down to what we want. And it's all equal in the eyes of consciousness. It's the freedom of consciousness to express however it wants to express in every moment. It's an unrestricted karmic opportunity. There is no thumb on the side of stillness. It's all the day the Lord has made. So, can we have the earnestness and the self-honesty to tell the truth about the desire we find in our hearts. Because it is that desire that we will follow. And it may be the desire for more experience. 
more contrast. As Dr. Hawkins says, we do not know the karmic merit of anything that happens to us or these seeming choices we make. We do not know what anything's for. This is not a guide to how to outsmart life. This is an opportunity to look, what does life want to experience through me, through this expression of source? And can I lay down mind's judgments and be with that? The mind is very active. If you watch it, you will see it is much like acrobats in a circus. It's always jumping this way and that, bending and turning. And it has some very amazing moves, but it is a circus. It is not at all representative of reality. It's talk for a moment about reality. What's the definition of reality you're pointing to? Reality is that which is in the same state, same condition, at all times and all places under all circumstances. It is absolutely changeless. Reality is the what's looking, the consciousness with which everything is known, by which it's known, in which it arises. And it's utterly unaffected by the content of what it sees, what it knows. It's just the seeing and the knowing ongoingly. It's the seeing and the knowing before the what is known, what is seen. It's always in the same pristine, wide open, spacious, non-judgmental, non-commenting, boundaryless, limitless openness. Absolutely changeless. No emotion, no thought, no experience has changed. The consciousness by which it's known. That's reality. And mind the movement of mind 
just a different place to put attention, is a complete distraction from reality. Because attention goes out and up, it's lost in mind. And we, the consciousness, forget we are the consciousness. We forget we can look back and ask what sees this, what knows this. With a prodigal son that has ventured out and forgotten the way home. So the nonstop movement of mind is just another object that arises to the consciousness. But when it's very active and given attention, it's a complete distraction from reality, from awareness, from the consciousness that knows this is a movement of mind. Wow, I just woke up and found myself in the middle of the circus. If we give all the attention to the circus, you forget where the consciousness that's watching. And while the circus changes constantly, the consciousness is absolutely changeless. And Ramana says, you will never notice reality, the changeless, but what notices the consciousness if you remain focused on the circus act of the mind. So when attention is focused down on an object, whether it's mind, whether it's a movie, whether it's the airplane in the air right now, we're not gonna notice reality. Consistent and continual outward focus blocks the knowing that is available with inward focus. Inner Ramana continues, so now because of course it's gonna tell us more detailed explanation of not only what the options are for where attention goes, but how we can actualize that. It says, so now our primary interest is to lose interest in the mind. Same way that if you really want to stop smoking, at some point, there has to be a decision to lose interest in cigarettes. Or like if you want to stop eating after 10 o'clock at night, you just got to lose interest in food after 10 o'clock at night or whatever the parameters are. So now our primary interest is to lose interest in the mind. It is very tempting to pay attention to mind. Just as a great circus act catches the desire of your attention. 
That's the juice. The desire for the juice. The desire for the payoff. The desire for the hit. It's actually an addiction in the exact same way all other addictions are addictions. It's repetitive behavior designed to get a neuroaffective response. So it's very tempting to pay attention to mind, just as a great circus act catches the desire of your attention. But deep within you, there is a desire that wants to settle within the meadows that surround the circus tent more than you want to be caught up in the circus. And the only question is, is that true for you? Because if it's not, go play out the, the desire for more circus. Let that play through. Let that run. If that's the true desire. I have a brother who every, almost every weekend goes to a festival. And they're like, you know, I don't know, drunk and naked and there's music and he loves it. I don't know that he loves it on Monday morning for the whole rest of the week, but that's just what his karmic destiny is right now, apparently. To be like festival man. <laughs> and he's given the fullness of himself to it. <laughs> So the question is, is it true for you? This was true for Regina. This was the message for Regina. That deep within her was a desire that wants to settle within the meadows. Do we find that same desire in us or do we find a different desire? Deep within you, there's a desire that wants to settle within the meadows that surround the circus tent more than you want to be caught up in the circus. So we are turning attention from the ups and downs and spins and tumbles of the mind to the everlasting tranquility of the meadows. goes on to say, and there is much happening in the meadows too, but it is real, which is much different than the circus. So when we turn attention away from these words, 
and back to the knowingness that knows them. Away from the changeful, can we see that the awareness that knows them is the changeless? That the awareness that hears them is in the same state and condition as when you heard words when you were 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Just open, alert, attentive awareness. Can we look right at that awareness, that conscious knowing? And see that there's a tranquility there that doesn't come and go. It's just has the innate capacity, you could say, to be with whatever comes, just with it. Not with it, yay, or with it, oh no, when's it over? It's just with it. There's just an instant being with everything life brings. Nothing knocks on the door of acceptance and begs to come in. Awareness is just always open and welcoming. Awareness is the welcome mat. And it's in that same state or condition always, everlasting. It is everlasting tranquility. So is the desire in our heart to be fed by that source? Or is there still some latent desires to be fed by the circus? The fact is, every circus that's ever been was erected in a meadow. The meadow was there first. The meadow's there as the circus is in town. And the meadow is revealed to be what was always there when the circus leaves. That's the real. So we can't make a wrong choice. The choice will just give us the experience we are to have. And at any moment, <laughs> we can pivot because the meadow's always there. It's what holds the circus. It's what makes the circus possible. What do we really want? And when exactly do we want it?
in Arana, Ramana continues, true stillness cannot be achieved by quieting the mind through meditative practices for part of the day, and then being wrapped up in the stories of the mind the rest of the day. This is like running in and out of the circus. Sure, you may experience and know the tranquility of the meadow, but you are still addicted to the hype of the circus. The circus remains real for you. You will never be three, you will never be free through partial abidance. Only total abidance can be totally freeing. How free do we desire to be? The mind is going to want to think. <laughs> True words never spoken. <laughs> the mind is going to want to think. All right, you ready? You are going to be drawn back into the circus. Code is going to keep coming. Do not have a choice about the thought in your own mind. The mind is gonna to wanna to think and you are going to be drawn back into the circus. The thought's gonna come, you're gonna find yourself giving it, just staring right at it. It's like, whoa. And this is what inner Ramana says about that. But an inner response to this desire as soon as you know it, notice it, is most helpful to awaken. The inner response is one that turns your attention from the noise of the circus to the quiet love for the meadow. I see that thought. I see the program. It speaks. I want to turn attention inward now. I'm in touch with my desire for the quiet love of the meadow. I'm going to rest that thought. I'm going to accept these feelings that come as they often do, often intertwined. 
I'm going to trust that this is the highest vibration right now. This is healing. This is lovingly loving my love. This is being with what is. Aligned with the field of non-judgment. This is being an instrument of peace. A channel of thy will. depending on how sticky the thought is if the stick if the thought is super sticky of course we rest and we accept and we trust we just be with it we notice we notice the inclination or the patterning or the draw to get involved we watch we observe how we be in the world, not of it. We stay in that witness consciousness. Let the energies unfurl. We watch the unfolding. There's a time and a place, and we'll know it, when it's less sticky. It's more readily identified as a thought. Not ours, just a thought. Not my thought. It's a thought. And we can ask, what knows that thought? To whom does that thought arise? And we let attention fall back. Tracing back to what sees the thought. How is the thought known? What does know the thought? What just heard it? Watch as attention floats back. Going back the way it came. And we let attention return. Attention's like the prodigal son. And we are training it to know how to return to the father's house, to recognize the lane, to make the crooked ways straight. To come back to the meadow. rest.
So the mind is going to want to think. You are going to be drawn back into the circus. But an inner response to this desire, as soon as you notice it, is most helpful to awakening. The inner response is one that turns your attention from the noise of the circus to the quiet love for meadow. Whatever we put attention on grows. We can confirm this in our experience. Whether you use a paper clip or not, we focused on that yesterday in hard explorations. What I think, I see. What I see, I experience. What I experience generates more thoughts. So where is my attention? On the thought? On what sees the thought? On the thought by way of believing? Or on the intention to rest the thought? Can I catch the loop and rest? Pause. Just relax back and get in touch with whatever degree of willingness is present to see this moment differently and actively ask for help. It's a powerful intention. Muji says, for him, it's the most powerful prayer from an open heart, a sincere, earnest heart. The prayer is help. I'm caught up help. God or source, help. We know from Dr. David Hawkins that invoking deity transforms brain physiology. A little less magnetic pull when we earnestly and genuinely introduce and invoke deity. God, help me see this differently. I'm willing. I want to see as you see. Just a very simple invoking deity transforms brain physiology. The inner response is one that turns your attention from the noise of the circus to the quiet love for the meadow.
What do we really want? What does love want right now? Be with all things just as they are. To trust life and allow it to move through. Be met. to rest in the everlasting tranquility of the meadows. And that concludes our hour.